Nearly a year on the road, all those miles, all those airports, infinite variety of awful plumbing. It was time for something low impact. So off to Jamaica. This is the first time I've ever driven a car on a on the wrong side of the road. I mean, knowingly. <laughs> How hard could it be? Oh, I get the pass on the right too. Thankfully, we have a roll bar. But this time, a different angle. You probably know of Jamaica as a vacation paradise, but it's worth mentioning this is a divided country and has been in one form or another since the days of slavery. There's a small minority who control most everything. And then there's the poorer, generally darker-skinned majority, less connected, left out. Jamaican cuisine, a lot of it, still reflects this conflicted history. Breadfruit, saltfish, this was slave food, cheap, long-lasting filling, introduced basically as feed. Day one, first order of business, get my, you know, some jerk chicken. Can you blame me? No, I think not. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I know this routine, believe me. Brown, it's murky, and it burns, mommy. It burns. And there are still, all these years later, two Jamaicas. There's the Jamaica that most Jamaicans live in, cook in, struggle to survive in. The real Jamaica. Then there's the Jamaica which you're probably more familiar with. Tourists have been coming to Jamaica for a long time, when this part of the island, particularly Port Antonio, threatened to become an international jet-set destination. 
Local legend has it that Errol Flynn was shipwrecked here on his yacht in 1947 and promptly fell in love with the place. Before Flynn, it had been an empire of bananas, a huge industry that later became United Fruit. Bananas went out, tourists came in. The banana business eventually went elsewhere. And when tourism shifted to the other side of the island with the construction of an airport at Montego Bay, well, that was pretty much it. The Northeast coast was largely forgotten. It has the feel, still, of a forgotten paradise. There are those who believe that the area can come back, that it must come back, that the future is in hotels and resorts and restaurants for wealthy visitors as it once was. Take this place, for instance. The Trident Hotel. Expensive, luxurious. Best of all, I'm the only guest. Oh, did I mention it comes with a castle? What kind of person would own a building like that? Who? Why? Then this man arrived and kind of answered that question. All of this belongs to Michael Lee Chin, local boy turned billionaire, one of the richest men in the world, and my host. He's invited me for dinner. Yes, I'm wrong before I do some crabbing, yeah? Right, yeah, that sounds like a plan. But first, we need crabs for that dinner, I'm told. Caught in the traditional style. A drink is in order. Cheers, man. Right, Cheers. Respect. Cheers. Crabbing. Crabbing. <laughs> right. Respect. A lot of crab holes. This time of year, Port Antonio is literally crawling with crabs. I'm told it'll be really easy. Just scoop up the little bastards and then it's back to the pool. Now I'm looking. I'll lunge at him. It's hot. I think he's not running. Really thick in the bush, you know? It's sweltering, freaking hot, and dark. You find something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome, man. But it doesn't seem to bother the hotel chefs who willingly risk dismemberment for the sake of procuring a tasty dinner. We want him alive. We have questions to ask him. Where are your friends? Oh, yeah. You know? well <laughs> One crab down, 49 left to go. We're gonna get some more tonight, so. I'm frankly anxious to get this over with, so when the opportunity arises to stick my paw down into a hole where there's probably a pissed off crab looking to clamp down on my pinky with his pincers, I could care less. Nothing. No, nobody right. home. Oh. Hans. Ah, damn it. You're gonna step in the hunt nest. Are those fire ants? Wonderful. Please attack my nutsack. Anything to get this over with quicker. Ah, he's running. Hey, man. Okay. I don't want to kill the little guy. That's it right there. Right and left, right and left. Whoa. Yeah. Expert. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Next. 
What seems like several sweltering hours later, it's mission accomplished. And it's back to home base and time to get ready for dinner at the castle. Followed by a party, I'm told. Do you recognize these, Tony? I put this guy in a bag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm joined by billionaire Michael, his partner John Baker, music producer and hotelier, John's wife Nordia, Errol Flynn's grandson Luke Flynn, and his wife Skye. You grew up in this in this yes in this area. What was Port Antonio like in in the fifties? Port Antonio was uh, it was vibrant, banana, lots of wealthy tourists. So Port Antonio was a happening place. financial interests, mm-hmm. banks, uh, communications. As a veteran of 30 years in the hospitality business, why? Why would you do such a hard and probably unprofitable thing? <laughs> I mean, usually unprofitable. You're being very kind. It's a really business, generally speaking. Well, I thought you were smart and that you're brilliant, but your behavior shows that you're dumb. No, no, I know the answer. <laughs> you're, you're, are, are you a romantic? Great things can will happen when you, uh, you, you romanticize, you dream, you aspire, you see a vision, and you set out to achieve that vision. Trident is here to catalyze people to come to quarantine and discover, wow, wow, and wow again. Where does it cross over, where all of the things you love about about this area, where all of the villas are spanking new and people are building 400-room hotels, is there a threshold where things start to not be the the things that you loved about the place in the first place, and how do you guard against that? You you know, Tony, Port Antonio is a long way from getting there. It, It has not progressed out of the 50s. Had very little tourism in recent years. Why isn't there lots of. Everybody loves reggae. Everybody loves Bob Marley. Everybody loves spicy, delicious Jamaican food. What's the problem? Because you don't get off a plane and go 100 yards to an all inclusive. There's no real lift here. You have to get here. It's that simple. There's it's as no... simple as a lift, and it's as simple as we're shrouded by the Blue Mountains, and it's an effort to get here. So it filters out certain forms of travelers. So we have to make it a little bit easier to get here. I mean, you get beat out by a lot of lame islands, let's yeah. face oh, it. Oh, totally. Yeah. And even in Jamaica, lamer areas. For me, I say if someone says, oh, I've been to Jamaica, and they haven't right. been to Port Antonio, I'm like, well, really, you didn't get a real feeling of Jamaica. You can't go many places in the world and find natural beauty. People who are genuinely warm, where there's a strong culture of food, 
strong culture in terms of music and at the same time be able to be a part of a community and you can be a visitor without being a part of the tourist industry. do things our own way. And since the way that each of us sleeps is unique, you need a bed that fits you just the right way. Sleep Number smart beds make your sleep experience as individual as you are, using cutting-edge technology to give you effortless, high-quality sleep every night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, during Sleep Number's President's Day sale, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed plus special financing for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. See store for details. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This week on Chasing Life, I sit down with Giles Yeo. It is a problem of our brain influencing the hunger. So hunger is a brain scenario, even though the feeling of hunger comes from your stomach. It's a very new and provocative way of thinking about a condition that impacts more than 40% of Americans. But the thing is, this approach could have big consequences for the way that we treat obesity. Listen to Chasing Life wherever you get your podcasts. Two British naval intelligence officer Ian Fleming came to Jamaica on a secret mission to investigate possible U-boat activity. Like the legendary character he would later create, he was a spy. The mission came to nothing, but Fleming fell immediately in love with the island and vowed to return, which he did, buying this place, Goldeneye. At the time, considered very Spartan, a cottage, a single room really, a few smaller rooms in the back, but an incredible view. He spent much of the rest of his life here writing a book each year at this desk. You know those books. Today, Fleming's cottage has been enlarged and made more luxurious as a hotel. But the original house still stands, along with some improvements. Grotto, eh? What did every young American boy want? Every red-blooded American male born in 1956. I can tell you, they wanted a grotto. 
it sounded pretty good to me at 12. As I got older, I started to think about these things, like exactly who was in that grotto before me becomes more of a concern as you grow up. It's like, did, did Ron Jeremy just leave the grotto? Am I the first one in the grotto? Has someone changed the water in the grotto? These were, these were concerns later in life, but this was it. I wanted a grotto. I still kind of do. Thank you so much. This is totally better than the Playboy Mansion. You know that the Playboy Mansion totally smells like old man ear stink. The current owner of GoldenEye is another unusual man. Chris Blackwell, legendary music producer turned hotelier. Over the years, Blackwell has expanded the property into a resort, its gates reaching right up to the fishing beach at neighboring Orcabesa. Blackwell has big plans for the area. The next day I leave GoldenEye's luxurious embrace headed into town for something, well, I just had to have. A long-time favorite. What do we have here? Oh, oxtail. Yum and curry goat. Oh, sweet. I don't care whether it's the Bronx or Kingston or wherever I can get it. Oxtail, curry goat, callaloo, and of course, rice and pigeon peas. Got to have that. Man, I love the food in this country. Man, it's the best. It's such a mix. Asian, African. Yeah, a yeah. lot of people totally miss that. I mean, curry goat. That's, yeah, it's Asian, that comes so from the East true. Indies, what they used to call it. That's true. Chef Chris's cook shop has become something of a local institution, a thriving business in a town that's seen better days. How long have you been open here? I've been opening this little shop for 13 years. 13 years? Yeah, man. The town changed in that time or stayed the same? Well, right, right now, you know, we're in, um, our economy is not doing so good right now, so. Why not? It's one of the most beautiful areas in the world. Yeah, for real. We have a beautiful waterfront. Beautiful weather. Yeah, beautiful Fantastic ladies. food. Yeah, what more could I ask for? What do you think went wrong? I mean, why, why would people stop coming? I guess the guys in the top seat messed it up, so they're trying to correct it now, you know? It's expanding fast. Yeah, it is. In the town. It I mean, is. they're going to be building all the way. Yeah, all the way down there. All the way around. Yeah, so. So that's thousands of tourists. Yeah, thousands right, probably. of tourists. To be honest, I'm waiting for that moment. I don't want to think. We really need that, you know, because this town was dying fast and real fast. So. Chris Blackwell came back and now he's booming the town, so it's a good step in the right direction. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah, see, now, now I'm happy. <laughs> that is just beautiful. Nice place to grow up? It is. But what, what's it like being a kid? My childish days, I used to spend it at the beach. That's pretty good. Yeah. Who gets to do that? Well, I guess only me and my friends. But I mean, do you ever do you ever take it for granted? Like you ever said, do you ever get? Yeah, we do. We you do. do. We do. We do. See, the thing about it, when we really need it, that's the time we can't have it. You know, because a lot of our waterfronts have been gone. You know, we have very little right now. 
you know, it's okay. We have James Bond Beach like 10 minutes walk from here also, so at least we're one of the lucky ones. It's inevitable, of course, that next door to Goldeneye, there would be a James Bond beach. All of the Bond movies were conceptualized and written here. When Blackwell heard I wanted to visit the local fisherman, he hooked me up with his good friend Carl to accompany me. I'm here to hit Dr. Ho's, a local rum bar where one can indulge in a typical hardworking fisherman's breakfast, rum. So we drinking rum here, we drinking beer, we drinking rum and beer. Well, I know. It's hardcore. Right. But you're recommending just like some beer and some rum together. No, yeah. steel, steel bottom now. Steel bottom. All right. Yeah. Steel bottom now, right? We're going to do one part of rum. One. Yep. Right. And four parts of beer. No water. Try no it. ice. Try, Try it. that. It's a steel bottom. Meaning it's, it's non. It's good. Yeah. Work. And you could take it to your dimension. So who fishes here? You fish? Yeah. What are you fishing for? Hold on, let me get. It's multiple fishing. Right. Which would be your snapper, your right. parrot, your grunt. Exactly. Right. So is business better these days or worse these days? Okay. It's worse. Right. So overfishing is a problem. Orcabessa is a fishing village, for now at least. All throughout the Caribbean, fish stocks are in decline, and making a living from the sea is getting harder and harder. So right here, it's actually become a fishing sanctuary. We're, we're trying to now revive the fish stock around the island. So if this becomes a protected sanctuary, what are you gonna do for it? Yeah, so they have to go further out to sea for deep sea fishing. That means more gas? More gas, more economic condition, less fish. So it's a strain, right? Is there a future for the traditional fishing industry in, in Jamaica, or do you think, like every place else in the Caribbean, is it going to end up an entirely tourist economy? It's going to belong to the tourists. This is? This place here, because I can tell you something. I live just up the road, love the spot, which is on the coast, just like Chris Blackwell, and they're going to tell me that I cannot fish in here. But what is happening now? I, I, here's what I'm kind of getting at. Rich people want to live what they see as a simple life. In their minds, they want to live the life of a Jamaican fisherman. So they want to live the life of somebody who doesn't have a lot of money. But the people who actually do that now are giving up their living and essentially entering the tourist sector. There's a certain amount of weird irony at work here. Who gets to live in paradise? <laughs> Nobody. Because guess what? You got a point. And I'd like to clear up the point what you yeah. have, right? There's a lot of things going on here, right? I read a piece of paper a couple months ago that's going on down here, right? The, the native here don't have no beach in a few months time. This architect's model sits in one of GoldenEye's offices, showing what Orocabessa's coastline will look like if all goes according to plan. They're going to have an ID to come inside here. We don't care about truth, man. We kill people for truth. No, I'm telling the truth. I'm no expert on local politics, but whatever is going on here has clearly stirred up some strong emotions. 
Mm-hmm. That's really the school kid. I had to go to school. They also want to own that. That one is true. That's true. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait wait a minute, 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 no, 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 To all the program work, you see me? We just kick back and cool. Ah, see me? We can't expose yourself, you see me? Which is better, to be your own man, uphold family tradition in a dangerous, ever-shrinking, ever more difficult business, trying to catch fish in the sea, or carry a golf bag for a wealthy tourist? I couldn't tell you. I was in the service industry cooking people's food for most of my working life, so it's not like I have anything against it. But I don't know. It's a joyous day. Let us find the spirit in man and travel to the unknown. You think because we are here in the present that it, it, it has just started? This is coming we out of the unknown, out of the nothingness. And we are going to go on into the information area, into the celestial. We are what it's called astral travelers. So we travel from dimension to dimension. If one man die, all man dead. If one man live, all man live. Tolerance. One dog, one fall, one cow, one puss. One moon, one sun. It has to be multi-purpose in order to sustain energy and life. Say a black, blue, green, pink, yellow, river, sea, mountain, bird, dog, puss, man, 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 man. Everything is from the non-such. Everything is related. The car, the money, everything is connected to the universe. So we are the human person does not realize how vulnerable we are within the changes of time. And the earth will not disappear, my brethren. It's I and I. to live in paradise. It's Jamaica. Let's accept as a, as a basic premise that this is about as close to paradise as it gets, right? This place I'm staying was built by a guy who lived here two months out of the year. That place down there, probably the same, two months a year. Sad to say, I, I think it's unlikely that 50 years from now, anyone but the extraordinarily fortunate, the extraordinarily connected, and the extraordinarily rich will be able to even look at a vista like this. That is my personal theory. Look, here I am, fully aware of the irony of this situation. 
It's like the whole preservation thing. Who, who preserved for who? Save the reef for who? Save the beach for whom? Not you, probably. Later that evening, Blackwell invited me to his private bar, just down the cliff from Fleming's old villa. There are very few pieces of land anywhere on earth like this, especially with this kind of legendary status. Legendary status, yes, it's Fleming, it's really Bond's birthplace. Chris Blackwell is the founder of Island Records. He's credited with discovering Bob Marley and spreading the gospel of reggae into the mainstream all across the world. To the extent that one person can sort of be responsible for the soundtrack of your life, you are responsible for much of the soundtrack of my life. You signed um, Roxy Music and Brian, Brian Eno, both. Yes? Yes. <clears throat> Did you have any idea, signing Bob Marley, the extent to which his image alone it would blow up to, 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 you know, Che Guevara level. Bob somehow managed to touch people in every corner of the world, in different different cultures, different societies. Um, no, I, I never could have imagined. I don't think anybody could have imagined. It's so unbelievable. Having sold Island Records for a sum rumored to be in the hundreds of millions of dollars, Blackwell spends his time, well, doing whatever he wants. You have a number of hotel properties, um, rum business. Mm -hmm. What's the master plan? Master or are you just plan. having fun? Well, always is to have fun as part of the master plan. You only live around here one time, so I'm, I'm very excited about here, what I'm doing here. I'm trying to, to break a little resort town. It's something that filters into the town, filters into the parish, filters into the country. You know. Lately, the project at hand is the Oracabessa Fish Sanctuary, set up to protect the local fish habitat and breeding grounds. A noble cause, but one that has put Blackwell squarely at odds with some of his neighbors. It, it seems to me that most people who come to Jamaica pretty much stay within the compound uh, you know, sandals or whatever, and don't really get out there much. It's a business model, and that business model works well for people. The market that I'm going for are the ones on the high level, in terms of a high-cost level. Is it an inevitability that basically all of the Caribbean, that it's essentially going to end up as a service economy? Yes, I think, yes, I think, I, th I, th I think mainly so. And then it's based on uh, tourism. It's based on people visiting. It's tough balance. The engine that's going to preserve or save is often dependent on who's coming to look mm -hmm. and what they're willing to pay to come and look. Mm -hmm. Can there be a balance, do you think? I mean, can a place this beautiful be unspoiled? 
forever? I think, I think it, the, the, there could be a couple hundred places like this in Jamaica. As long as there are people who can go and spend some money in communities, go to a little restaurant, go to a little bar, go to, you know, shop, that, that's essential for Jamaica to really thrive. If life were a Bond film, who would you be in a Bond film? Well, there's only one hero in a Bond film. That's <laughs> oh, you'd be the hero? I'd have to be, yeah, I'd have to figure that out. Yes. I don't know whether I'd be the villain. I, yeah, I'd be like number 17. He has an unhappy end, though. Yes. And his end is frequently. quite short, yeah. looking for, isn't it? The perfect beach. Remote, uncluttered by douchery, cold local beer. The perfect end to a long and well bumpy road. Winifred's Beach is that beach. Mostly locals, a few clued-in visitors, white sand, clear, warm water. And of course, local food. This is Aki, Jamaica's favorite dish. Typically Jamaica, we use it as a breakfast. Cynthia and Dennis run this place and come highly recommended. I'm told this is the spot for the classic gotta have it or you ain't really been to Jamaica, ackee and saltfish. Salt cod, rehydrated and cooked with ackee, a local fruit that happens to be toxic if you don't handle it right. Now they say best ackee and saltfish in Jamaica. Anywhere. <laughs> and yeah, also some banana. That is delicious. Yeah. Cynthia's friends, Joy and Marjorie, also have little restaurants or food stalls on the beach. And they tell me that here, too, it's in danger of redevelopment. That all this might disappear into the ever-churning wheel of, well... Winifred Beach is a public beach. It has been one of the best beaches in Jamaica. The beach was left to give the poor people of Jamaica. So the government takes it over, supposedly to make it a public space, but they want to sell it to a, what, a hotel yeah. group? Yeah, they want to make like a resort. There are a lot of islands in the Caribbean where you're not allowed to own a beach, meaning all beaches are public. Even if it's a really exclusive hotel, at least theoretically, anybody can go. Right. Here it's different. Here, if you can buy a house and the beach, mm -hmm. you can, if you, you, you're a hotel, you can make it a private beach, meaning they don't let the locals on or vendors or right. anything. They can keep people out. Right. So how many public access beaches are there in this area? One. Just one. one. This one. This one. And that's no it. No more. No more. 
I no think more beach. We have other beaches around, you know. We have like Blue Lagoon, which is a private beach. Dragon Bay, private. And San San, San. San is private. So this is the only public one, you know? Yeah, what happens if... I mean, that would be sort of ridiculous if Jamaicans can't go to the beach in Jamaica. Exactly. There are two sides to every story, of course, and the government, for its part, claims locals will still have access to their beach. We don't trust them, so what? we do not believe what, what they, they said. Do, they want to get us off, and like cause six, seven years, they don't do anything on it and close it off. Right. What kind of monstrous human being or organization would displace yes. the people from their own beach? From mm -hmm. our freedom. Thank if they you. take this away Thank from you us, very much. we would like we are in prison. Yeah. Because yeah. when no the time air. is hot, we would have nowhere to come and swim. So we the people, we are in court with the government because we do not want them to take away the one and only beach that we have in Jamaica, Portland. What do you think your chances are? You think your chances are, are good? Yes. You're going to win? Yes. I've been fighting uh, over seven years. Just in the Lord. Seven years. Seven just years. And I said, I'm going to fight until I reach the top. If when I reach the top and I lose, I feel much better. But I'm not giving up. Let's face it. There are only so many beaches in this world. Even fewer unspoiled beaches. And even fewer beaches like this. I mean, that's one of the things that's nice about this area is it's not a big resort area like Perfect. some right. of the other parts. And the food is amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We do nice food. You can't get this at the hotel. They get it, but not like this. so fresh. Really, really, really tasty. I'm going to have to come back here, like, tomorrow. <laughs> Whenever people come here and they have problems, they go to the sea and they look over there in the ocean and when they're finished, they never have a problem again. <laughs> it's go right in the water and down. This is here. And I hope that the world can see what is going on at Winifred Beach right. and that they can come out and enjoy the beauty of the beach, the nature of the beach, the people and the love right. of the beach. Next day, and I know where I'm going. Run the mangoes. Mangoes, your name gone abroad. Because you never know. Because it may not be here that much longer. Not like this, anyway. Sun, sand, rum, and ting. And some more food. Oh, yeah. Hi. Wow, what a spread. Uh, I'm not going hungry today. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you. <laughs> 
Mm. That is actually quite delicious. You're not missing out on starches. <laughs> I mean, you get yam, plantain, breadfruit, rice, peas, corn, carrots, dumpling, festival. Like the man said, eat dessert first. Life is uncertain. Mm, that's good. I knew I was coming back here. I knew it was a smart move to come back here. These ladies can cook. Point being, the way the world turns, the inevitable grind of history seems to indicate that places like this and people like this get plowed under, pushed aside, paved over. Who owns paradise after all? Who in the end gets to own paradise, use paradise, or even visit it? That's a question that's probably worth paying attention to before there's none left at all. and be a good person. I don't think you can. Like, if you wanted to do this regularly for the rest of your life, I would like to spend three months out of the year in a hammock looking out at the Caribbean in a secluded beach like this. You'd have to do bad things to do this, right? James Bond doesn't get this. James Bond's a hustler. He gets this for a couple of days before he moves on to the next location. The guy who lives here is the Bond villain, not James Bond. Ian Fleming was much closer to like Blofeld or Hugo Drax. You know, those guys had lots of leisure time, sitting around in hammocks figuring out how to take over the world. A lot of downtime in world domination. Bond was a working class. That's what I've been missing. All right, go wide. Summon the robot piranhas. Where's my cocktail? <laughs> 